welcome to Boone Tequila. I'm Jody, And I'm Erin. And today we are talking about boundaries. So we are going to dive into what boundaries are, personal struggles and triumphs, as well as resources to get you connected with in case you want to dive deeper into your own personal journey. Then we are going to get some music recommendations from Jody and see what she's listening to and then move into Dish Bish where we are leaning into some personal questions that all kind of tie into the boundaries theme or maybe breaking some boundaries. We'll see. Okay, so boundaries are rules that we set for ourselves. It's defining what we're comfortable with socially, what we're comfortable giving of ourselves with our time and sticking to that. Ultimately, it's how we own our life and our feelings versus letting it own us. Boundaries can be physical, emotional, they can be time and social. So there are lots of different ways that we can set boundaries. All right, so how do I know if I need to work on setting better boundaries? This is a question that I think is really interesting because I think it takes a certain level of self-awareness that if you don't have, you might not even know that this is something that you need to work on. So I have pulled some questions. Oh boy. And I'm going to ask you some, I'm just going to give like a few. This is not going to give us like a full picture determination. This is more for fun to get you to understand and think about the types of questions and how those play into boundaries and indicators of whether or not we might have an issue with boundaries or not. We're going to dive into some and kind of walk through some of those pieces. So let's do it. All right. Would you you do most anything to avoid hurting others? Yes. I hate feeling like I've hurt somebody and I will do things that will even make me uncomfortable. This is where like I'm only recently started realizing how bad I am about boundaries because I'm basically a people pleaser and I want everyone to be happy. I want everyone to have a good time all the time. And even if it makes me uncomfortable or sad. So I think that's something that I've been working on and still need to work on for myself. Yeah. Well, and it's something that I think a lot of people don't necessarily think of as a bad thing. Pretty much if you're a people pleaser, you probably struggle in some way with this. I mean, honestly, and I don't know that it's realistic to think that there's someone who maybe doesn't have any area that is at least a little bit of a challenge. Do you question the legitimacy of your own needs? My own needs? You mean like if I feel like I need something, but then if it's going to inconvenience someone else, I think like, well, maybe it's not that important. Yeah, I think that'd be a good example. Yeah, I I would say so. Like if I I hate to like, I hate to inconvenience other people or, you know, as long as what I'm needing isn't as important. I don't know. I think that makes sense. I threw this one in because I feel like, well, 2020, it probably applies to a lot of people. Do you feel stressed out, overwhelmed, burnt out? Absolutely. All of the above. I You know what? I feel like we don't give enough credit to teachers because I've only done homeschooling. Let's see. We did it for two weeks. We were quarantined and now we just do it on Fridays. And I just feel like, oh my goodness, how do these teachers do this? Yeah. They're probably the most stressed out and overwhelmed out of all of us. But no, I've definitely felt it this year and not until recently. Like when it started... I was one of those weird people that almost felt guilty about like, I'm here for this. Like I'm working right. home. I'm, you know, a bunch of stuff is canceled because my schedule is always so busy. I was like, this is going to be just a great opportunity to get projects done. And that's 30 extra minutes a day that I've got that I can cook dinner now. And yeah, that's where I went with it for like a good, at least the first three months. Well, and I think we all thought when it first started, like, oh, give it a month, a few weeks or something. And then, well, everything's going to go back to normal. And here we are months and months and months later. And it's not changing anytime soon. (laughs) This is the new normal. 
The reason that we're stressed out right now is not necessarily having to do with boundaries, but I did think it was interesting that this is called out as a red flag for, in general, when you're feeling stressed out, overwhelmed, burnt out, that's an indicator that, you know, maybe there are some boundaries that I need to set. Maybe that is my time. Maybe my schedule is so, that's the one for me that it usually is because I overcommit. I have a tendency to think I can take on the world. (laughs) And then every once in a while, I have to like, okay, I need to dial it back a little bit so that I can not just spread myself too thin. Right. All right. This one was, I thought, a good assessment. That was from one. I'm going to link these in the show notes. I guess if you listen on Spotify, I don't think they have show notes. But anywhere else, I will throw links to these kind of quizzes and questions and stuff that we reference in there. This one I thought was a good assessment that walks through various questions and answers. It's a blog article. And so I'm going to ask a few of the questions and then lean into some things and, and what they can be indicators of. So this one is, do you avoid difficult emotions? Um, yes, I do. I definitely avoid situations where I know that I'm going to have like a negative feeling towards something or a negative experience. I like to be positive and light. And so, yeah, I would say I I definitely avoid the difficult negative emotions. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think I definitely used to do this a lot more and I could probably give you a whole other episode on um, history with emotional avoidance. No. um, I mean, I definitely used to, I think I've gotten a lot better to where sometimes it is still a bit second nature for me to want to dial back when I feel any kind of vulnerable emotion coming. And that's something that I am I have definitely grown in and I'm still working on. I think it's just an ongoing thing because it's not, it's not healthy. But, right, the- but nobody wants to like, I don't know. Of well, course, yeah, it's think- easier to lean towards more less difficult emotions. And mm-hmm. yeah. Well, and I think we live in a culture that kind of looks at, oh, like if you cry, you're weak or something like that. And I think that I, for a long time, felt like I had this strength in the fact that, oh, I don't ever cry or anything like that. But in reality, that's not a strength at all. <laughs> at least, I don't know, maybe for some people, like if you just cry all the time and like want people to watch you cry, that's not <laughs> healthy either. That's very weird. But I think true strength is in being able to be emotionally appropriate for whatever the situation is and feeling comfortable in yourself to do that. And that's, I think, the thing that for a lot of people is easier said than done. It's good to let it out. You got to let it out. You know, you know, sometimes on the bathroom floor in Nashville, you got to just get a good cry and then you'll feel way better. Oh, goodness. There's no better place to get let your emotions out than the bathroom floor of a hotel in Nashville. Do you feel uncomfortable when your emotions and perspectives are different than others? Uncomfortable? Yes. Like if um, you know that you don't agree or align with the people around you. Yeah, I have a tendency to, and I think we were talking about this the other day too, where I tend to just, if I know that someone's opinion or something is different than mine, I will tend to just not say mine, or I will just kind of go along with it just to keep the peace or to make it so there's not, you know, it's not awkward or no drama or anything. Yeah. Where I very much used to do that. As I've gotten more comfortable with kind of shifting how I look at conflict, I don't any longer, but yeah. I definitely take the easy way out with stuff like that. And I know that's something I need to work on. I don't think that you always do. Yeah. I think it just depends on what it is. Yeah. And it depends on who it is too. If it's someone like with you, I am comfortable telling you my opinions of things and how I feel, but with certain people, it's just easier to avoid it, I guess. 
No, that definitely, that makes sense. Yeah. All right. Do you often <laughs> trust people too soon? I want to say yes. I want to say like when I first meet someone, I'm, I don't, I'm very guarded and I don't trust them at all, but it doesn't take much for me to trust them because I just want to see the good in people so bad. And I don't know why I'm so naive about this, but I just, I automatically think if they give me good vibes and they're a nice person, then they're great. And I want to trust them. It's, I don't know if it's that I just want to trust them so much. You know? Yeah. No, but, I think that makes sense. Yeah. And I probably depends on the situation, but I definitely think there are times in just like general social situations where I, I agree. Like I tend to maybe right off the bat think that, oh, I trust them. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It probably varies for me. You know yeah. where you trust people. Sorry. No. You know where you trust people the most and the fastest is when you're in a bar in the women's bathroom. Everyone <laughs> is best friends. Everyone trusts each other. Everyone's looking out for each other. That's where you, that's where I trust people the fastest. That's too funny. Yes. <laughs> Do you often <laughs> give too much, feel like you give too much in relationships? Like you're kind of I feel like giving more than you're getting out of a relationship. Um, I used to, but that is something that I think me and my husband have worked on over the years. And I think that we're a lot better. I think I'm a lot better with that. And he's a lot better with that. In the past, though, definitely. All right. So both of those things, if you said yes, and there's like more questions, that's not solely based on these two things, but those can be indicators of someone who is underprotected with their emotions, meaning that you don't necessarily protect yourself emotionally as much as you should. Although based on your answers, again, and the fact that it was two of, you know, however many questions, I don't know how much of a, I would say this is probably not one that you're like way underprotected in general. Indicators of overprotected then, meaning we have too many walls up as if you answer yes to these. And so the first one here is do others experience you as insensitive or abrasive? No, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think that I try to always look out for other people's feelings and make sure everyone is happy and comfortable and feels included. Yeah, I would agree. I don't think anybody sees you as insensitive or abrasive. I mean, usually even when you first meet Jody, people are like, oh, you're like, you're just warm. You include everyone. Yeah. I don't think that applies. I try. I don't feel like I come off as insensitive or abrasive. I have been told that I do. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to trust that and not defend myself too much, I guess, because I don't know what to say. Do you often say no because it's easier than saying yes? No, actually, I'd say the opposite. I feel like I say yes and regret it a lot. Like I said before, like I'm such a people pleaser that I just feel like if you want me to do this, then I have to say yes, because I want you to be happy. And I want you to be, you know, happy with me doing this. Like, you know, when people say, oh, you get asked to work an extra day. And that at that time, you're like, yes, extra money. But then when the day comes, it's like, I really just want to call in. Like, I just, <laughs> why did I do this? You know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I feel the same way. Although when I was, as I was thinking, like, oh, I agree with you 100%. I thought of this that I'll call out and, um, you know, whatever. So I feel like I'm the same when it comes to like my schedule and things like that. A lot of times I have that where I want to overcommit myself or say yes. But then I thought of this too, that when it comes to you know, like dating or something like that, I don't necessarily say no, like if I'm really interested in a guy or something, but I tend to just like avoid it or like say no to it in general, just because it's easier than putting the energy into it and really. Or you ghost them. Yeah. You yeah. do. Sometimes. All right. 
Examples of good and bad boundary scenarios. So now we've gotten some ideas for questions that can be indicators of different boundary issues or potential red flags for boundaries. And now we're going to walk through some examples of bad and good boundary scenarios to get a better picture of what how these play out in our day to day lives. So here's our first scenario. Someone wants to come over or asks you for a favor and you already have a ton on your plate. Assuming this is not a life or death, you know, kind of legitimate Mm -hmm. emergency. Here's your two options. All right, so option A is you don't want to let them down, so you say yes. Now you're really stressed out and you have to rush to get stuff done. You may have to put off some of your things. Option B is kind of more an example of what a healthy boundary would look like. You let them know that you would love to help, but it's super last minute and you already have a full plate for today. Let them know what you can do that won't stress you out. Maybe they can come tomorrow or you can come help them next week. Maybe it's just a no, but being able to honestly communicate the thing that you are comfortable with is the healthy boundary. Yeah. And then our next scenario, I don't have a ton of these. It's just a couple to kind of give a better picture because I remember when I was first learning these, I thought these Mm -hmm. kind of things were helpful. So yeah, they are. All right. The second scenario is you own a business and a family or friend, a family member or friend says, oh my gosh, I love those earrings you made and posted on social. Do you think you could hook me up with a pair? So scenario A, you feel like they're complimenting you and you want to be nice. You think about the fact that those earrings took a lot of time to make and you had to buy the supplies, but this person doesn't have a lot of money maybe, or maybe they did a favor for you a while ago. Maybe you feel like, oh, it could be good advertising, whatever. You're trying to find a way to justify why maybe it's okay, or you don't feel like you deserve to get paid, anything like that, that it just doesn't really feel good. Like you're justifying why you should hook them up, AKA give them free earrings that you are trying to sell that you made. And you're kind of devaluing yourself in that process when you do that. And so these are like common ones that I feel like are easy for people to fall into because you want to be nice. And and so then the alternative there would be you say, thanks. I like how those turned out too. I can definitely hook you up. I can text you the order form or you can stop by my place and I can fill it out when you come over to buy them. So, okay, but seriously, what is the worst that could happen? They say, oh, I was thinking you might have like a family discount or, you know, just hook me up with a pair. Yeah, I guess they might say that. And then you can just let them know that those earrings took a lot of time and money to make and that right now you don't have any sales going, they don't have to buy them and that's okay. Your work should not be worth nothing. And if they believe that it is, they're not who you want advertising your products anyways. That's very true, yes. This is one, now I never made jewelry, but I used to, I used to do hair and I devalued my services all the time. I thought, gosh, if I did it now, how much more I would charge. And I, I mean, I charged a lot with weddings and I did like special bridal things and makeup and stuff, but there were so many times that I really devalued. Yes. I, I, I don't experience that as much as I did when I first started doing hair. And I don't know if people just thought like, oh, I don't have a lot of experience. So they should just, you know, get a really good deal. But I think it's because I've been doing it for so long now that I'm lucky enough to have clients and family and that that respect me and know that what they're paying is worth that. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. But I just like those scenarios because I think they're ones that are common. Okay, so now that we've kind of talked about some concepts around boundaries, some scenarios for healthy versus, you know, common boundary fails, uh, do you feel like this is something that you have 
ever struggled with or currently struggle with setting boundaries and where, where do you feel like, I mean, do you feel like it's like emotionally or socially, or is there a specific area? Absolutely. I I definitely think that it's something that I've been working on for a long time. I'm a lot better than I used to be. I just hate to feel like I'm disappointing someone. And I think I take things a lot more seriously than I should with things like that. Like, for example, if someone, you know, a client asked me to do their hair, like right, you know, today, and I feel so guilty if I, you know, which that's super unrealistic to for someone to expect that. And I know my clients, usually when they're asking that it's because they're just checking to see if I had a cancellation or something like that. Like they know that I'm typically not available the same day, but I still feel so guilty when I have to say no. And it's like, I mean, there's been times when I'm just like, oh, um, can you come at like 10 o'clock at night and I'll do it really quick. And I know that is crazy, but I haven't done that in a long time. So I have been getting better with things like that. Good. Well, and just for our listeners, Jody doesn't have set hours. She works by appointment. Yeah. All right. Okay. So for me, definitely, I have struggled with boundaries in the past. Currently, I feel like it's something that is an ongoing process where you can always be checking back in and improving. I don't feel like, oh, it's perfect, but I don't feel like it's a huge area of struggle for me. All right. So what are some things that you have done or do consciously now to help set boundaries? Can you speak to some of that? I'm better with the word no. And you know, one thing is if I'm going to say no to someone. I have to tell them an excuse that I think would be good enough for them. And now I'm starting to get to the point where like no is enough. I don't owe an explanation all the time. And I think a lot of people have that kind of problem too, where like they feel like if they want to say no, they have to have this perfect excuse that they think it would be good enough. So they want the other person to think it's good enough. And it it doesn't matter if you don't want to do something, you don't have to period. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back to that, like devaluing your own time and stuff too. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. For me, things that I have done, this definitely was something that I struggled with in the past, but interestingly, like I didn't necessarily recognize it as something that I struggled with. So I actually saw a therapist and when I met with her, I asked her to just like help give me some goals. And I thought I was there for kind of a different reason. I decided to really just trust the process and work through, you know, goals with her. And even if it didn't make sense to me, which it really didn't, because at one point she was asking me about being assertive and she was like, do you have, you know, is that something you struggle with? And I was like, no, because there were conversations with my mom or something where I would kind of just avoid and be like, okay, yeah, that's fine. To avoid the conversation, avoid the conflict. I was doing a lot of things to avoid conflict. And, uh, but then I would have these other times where she's like, well, do you struggle with being assertive? And I would instantly think of like, well, I just went off on somebody the other day. So no, I definitely don't struggle with being assertive. Obviously that is not a healthy assertive. That's like unhealthy aggression. But, you know, growth, learning, it's fine. Yeah, Um, start somewhere. (laughs) And so anyways, yes, the focus was on being assertive. And like, I didn't really understand at the time why I needed to work on this. But I was like, I'm just going to trust it. I'm going to do it. And so we'd have these goals. And it could be anything from if you disagree, if you're having a conversation with your mom and you disagree, I want rather than saying, yeah, that makes sense for you to state the opinion you actually have in your mind. So it was recognizing that and stating that when it came up. And 
really working on just super honestly communicating is the best way to put it how I think of it because I didn't necessarily realize but then once I started I was like okay it was really uncomfortable so just forcing yourself to in those situations if if you don't want to do something somebody's like well do you want to do it and if you're like thinking no I don't want to do it and then Mm -hmm. you smile and you're like yeah no no it's great (laughs) saying just saying that being like you know I really don't want to and then while you're miserable the whole time, you know, they're going to be like, yeah. oh, you don't? Because would you care if someone told you no? If someone was like, I can't tonight. Are you going to be like, wow? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I guess it just depends on the situation. Oh, I was thinking. <laughs> See, I always think that like if somebody like said no to me or something, I'm not going to be mad at them. So then it's like, why would I think they would be mad at me? If that makes sense. Yeah. Like if someone was going to charge you for something or. I think in my mind, I was just thinking like, if I had something, if we had something planned and then they were just like, no, yeah, oh, no. Th- if someone was just like, no. If you just randomly yeah, asked someone, hey, can you do my hair? I know it's last minute. Oh, like, yeah. Can I swing by? And they were like, you know what? I'm actually busy right now. Yeah. Um, but I can get you in tomorrow or next week. Are you going to be mad at them? Absolutely not. No, because they've got good boundaries. (laughs) But I just think, okay, so like, say you text me and you're like, hey, let's go get a drink real quick. Like, say you didn't live far away and you just text me out of the blue and it's like, let's go get a drink. If I was just like, no, wouldn't that, and without an explanation or anything like that, like, I think that would kind of like maybe hurt my feelings a little bit. Like, well, that's cool. But like, maybe why not? I don't know. Like, I know, and I know that's like totally contradicting what I said earlier. Like you don't have to give an explanation, but I think it's different from the, per- like if my best friend, you know, was, I asked well, her to do something and was like, no, and that's yeah. it. I'd be like, I definitely, what I do. Like, what? I definitely think context is everything. And yeah, it's absolutely. Dead. I think that's yeah, my, I mean, my if thinking. If I'm on normally it. really friendly with you. And then all of a sudden I'm just like, no, yeah, you're like, exactly. Yeah. Off. And then you're worried because something feels off, which is a, yeah, I think that makes sense. So yeah, just say no. And if like, it's someone that you're really close with, and maybe a little explanation is good. But like, I just... think, I think too, sometimes we overanalyze what the explanation has to be. Yeah. The explanation can be, I can't tonight, but I'm free tomorrow. Yeah. The explanation could be, I can't tonight because I already put my pajamas on. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like that's just what I was talking about too. Yeah. Like I was just saying like, oh, well, I I can just say no. And unless like I have, I come up with an explanation that I think is good enough person that you're talking to for sure. Like you can still have those good boundaries and say no, but be respectful of your friends and family. Yeah. But when you have healthy boundaries, you, I think you are respectful of your friends and family. So like, because you can go too far on the, you know, letting people walk all over you side, but you can also go too far on the no side. Like you don't want to get so, (laughs) no, this is my boundary to where you're cold. (laughs) Right. Yeah. There's definitely two ends of the spectrum. And if they're your close friends and your close family, they're going to respect you and know you well enough to know, like, you know, if you're not comfortable or you don't want to do something, then move on. It's okay. Yeah. For me, I definitely feel like boundaries and the ability to be assertive and honest, even when it's really uncomfortable, go super hand in hand. Yeah. And then the other one for me was really shifting how I view conflict in general and being cognizant of saying or doing things just to avoid conflict. Now, if you're someone who naturally is really 
drawn to conflict, this can go the other way, you know, because we've got that. <laughs> yeah. There's this like boundaries where like maybe you're too passive, but then there's the other ones where you're like too aggressive. And so that like healthy assertive, that's kind of the, mm-hmm. the goal, but yeah, just shifting how I view conflict to where like conflict is not a bad thing. Conflict is how we work through differences, how we solve problems, how we understand different opinions and yeah, if anything, I almost sometimes now lean too much into the conflict <laughs> to where I need to like dial it back a little bit. Not consistently, but every once in a while, <laughs> maybe gotten too comfortable with it. <laughs> All right. What advice would you give someone who might be struggling with boundaries? And you can give a specific example if it's like if you're struggling with this boundary. This could be like emotional boundaries, boundaries about your time or just general? Honestly, I think I would just say that your time is precious and people that you, people in your life that are good to you and respect you will respect your boundaries and will understand them. And if they don't, then those aren't the type of people you need in your life. Yeah. And I would say that if you, if you're at a point where you feel like boundaries are a major issue for me, I feel really stressed out. I feel spread too thin. I don't know how to say no to people. If you're in that place or you feel like I can't be assertive, that thought of like saying that honest opinion of someone or, or whatever, like that terrifies me and you're really in that place. That can be, I think, an indicator that maybe there are other issues, whether that be self-worth or whatever. And so my advice, if you're in that, like if where it's really impacting your life would be that if you can afford it or insurance covers it to go to therapy, honestly, I don't think there's any shame in going to therapy. I think it could help everybody Absolutely. and, and asking for help. If you can't do that, I would encourage you to, um, so there's a book called Boundaries. I know, what? <laughs> <laughs> By uh, Henry Cloud, actually. And there's a workbook that goes with it. But the skills in these books, like it lays it out so a thousand times better than we did in this podcast. And it walks through and really like, I would say if you want like a self help resource, because I would definitely start there. That is a really, really good book. I read it a long time ago. They've got a bunch of them. There's like boundaries and dating boundaries and whatever, but just the general one. I would start with just the general one. And yeah, that would be my advice. <laughs> Go to therapy. That's really good advice. I think setting boundaries has such a huge impact on like your mental health as well. And therapy and everything, anything to improve your mental health is always awesome. We should always be working on ourselves. Yeah. And now I'm going to give it over to Jody, and she's going to tell us what she has been listening to this week. Okay. So I got a couple songs that I have been jamming out to this week. Uh, one of them is a little bit older, but it's an oldie but a goodie. Steve Perry, Foolish Heart. It is one of my all-time favorites. I just, I remember it not, It was the other day and I was driving in my Jeep and the sun was setting and that song came on and I was like, oh my gosh, I just love this song. And my other one is Mitchell Tenpenny's Can't Go to Church. That is such a good song. I think like every song that he comes out with is such a banger. I just love it. And those are my two for this week. Now. <laughs> it's time to dish, bish. Yeah. 
All right, so these are kind of very loosely centered around boundaries. What is the worst lie you ever told a boyfriend or girlfriend? So when I was in high school, I was dating this guy for a little bit. Not not for very long, but he was really sweet and really nice. And I honestly... I don't, I think I didn't have very good boundaries in. And when he asked me out, I was just like, "Mm," but I didn't really like him that much, but I did like this other guy had a big crush on him and I would sneak off to hang out with this other guy. Sometimes I should not be putting this out here, but whatever. I would sneak (laughs) off with this other guy. And so, so the other, the guy I was dating caught wind of it. And of course I denied it. And so I can't believe I'm telling this story. I am extremely allergic to poison ivy. I get poison ivy if I'm just near it. And I think I'd said in a previous episode that I used to go camping all the time. We go camping like every weekend. And I was hanging out with this guy that I had a crush on. And without getting into any details, I ended up getting poison ivy on like the tops and like backs of my shoulders and like the backs of my arms. And basically the guy that I was dating kind of put two and two together and like asked me about it. And finally, I like finally I just admitted it. And I guess my lie was that I'd been lying about it the whole time because like people had been telling him that I was, you know, hanging out with this other guy. And I was like, no, no, no. But I was. And this was when, like, a couple years ago. I'm just kidding. Um, This was, like, 2002. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was before I met my husband. Actually, we, I might have known him. Yeah. That's, that's like, the last one that I can remember. And it's so, that's so stupid. But, yeah. What about you? Um, <laughs> probably that I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's bad. Short and sweet and right to the point. Yeah. I'm not. I don't know. That was, again, like, a long... A long time ago. Yeah. I, and I had no boundaries. And so I just, you know, didn't really know what to do. So I was just like, yeah, I love you. <laughs> I mean, I was like a teenager. It's forgivable. Yeah, me too. So it doesn't even like it doesn't even count anymore. Like whatever. And since then, I've never told a lie. All right. Oh, then this question <laughs> is kind of ruined, but I like it. Whatever. If you could date two people at once and 100% get away with it, would you? Either they're both totally fine with it or guaranteed neither one would ever find out like 100% guaranteed. Well, I asked my husband if Morgan Wallen could be my boyfriend. And he said no. (laughs) (laughs) But if I could have my husband and Morgan Wallen and date them both at the same time. I mean, hell yeah. Why not? I love me a mullet man. Oh my gosh. He could just sing to me all the time. He can sing to me and my husband. That's cool. You know, whatever. Everybody's got their thing. (laughs) What about you? I think no. I feel like the I like maybe the idea of it would be fun for a minute, but I don't think that it would be I don't think I could do it. What if they were both cool with it and they were just like like what if you had one there and one here? Like one where? Oh, like Like where I live and where you live? Yes. Um, Yes. And they were cool with it. Like there was no drama or anything. I don't know. I feel like I would feel too conflicted about it. Like I feel like I would be really? weird about it. That's really good of you. <laughs> I feel like the the more normal answer would honestly be a yes. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I would lean towards saying I probably wouldn't, but maybe. I feel like it would be a lot of work. I feel like it'd be a lot emotionally. Yeah. We were just talking about how like, oh, I need a part-time boyfriend. <laughs> Because I don't, I just don't have like the time and energy to put into it. So like to have two, this seems really, 
I feel like I'd be such a jerk though if I really did that and I was just like nah. yeah but if they were like cool with it and you were you said from the start this is what you know this is yeah how it works for being my part-time boyfriend you can't <laughs> do it works. oh wow all right <laughs> we are gonna move on to the next okay. all right all right have you ever flirted with a guy that you knew one of your friends was into I feel like these are like teenager questions I'm sorry I found them on the internet um oh my gosh like I haven't I've been married for so long that like I haven't flirted with anybody but I don't think so not that I can remember have you you tell me I feel like I'm not thinking of any can you and I won't be mad like can you tell me if I have like not of you obviously but like about our potato picking friend (laughs) I mean (laughs) um I don't even know what to say about that (laughs) that's just a yes we did have a me and this other girl But here's the thing about that. I don't know if I can say this. You can tell me later and then I can delete it if I need to. (laughs) But here's the thing about that. We both like this one guy and I did flirt with him. And then she told me that she liked him and I continued to flirt with him. But she had a boyfriend and I didn't. So I felt like you can't really call dibs in this scenario. You know, I just, all right. Have you ever broken any legal boundaries, a.k.a. broken the law, and did you get caught? Broken the law. Breaking the law. Breaking the um, I don't think, can you think of any that I have? Because I feel like if I have, you would know, and I can't think of any. We did get chased by a security guard in Nashville for being too loud. I don't know if that was breaking the law, but this- was re- Ridiculous. Mall cop, like the scrawniest little like mall cop. I thought it was a child. Like chased us down the road. <laughs> I didn't think he was chasing us, but he was. This was like a couple years ago. And our friend Megan, hey, <laughs> <laughs> was like taking pictures with this statue, you know, naturally at like three o'clock in the morning and like posing with the statue. And we were, I guess, being louder than we thought because he started chasing us and told us that. He said we were disturbing the homeless people. Then I felt really bad because I was. But I didn't even see any around where we were. Did you? Like, they were trying to sleep. I don't even remember seeing. I didn't even see any. Like, a few blocks down, I remember seeing some, but like, it was just so crazy. If I'd been closer, I would have felt really bad and probably like tried to give them money or something. Oh my gosh. I'm glad we were far enough away. I think we have you ever seen a homeless person and not given them money? Yes. I've never been with you in a vehicle. When you see one of those people on the side of the road and you did not give them money every single time you do. I'm see, that's where I'm getting better. I think it's so cute though. No, I think it's cute. Like it's so sweet. But I just feel like like, I know that people are like, oh, what if they spend it on beer or whatever? But A, it's not my job to decide who is worthy. Either I can help you or I can't. Amen. Preach. If buying a cheeseburger or a, you know, what cigarette or whatever like potentially that you're going to spend it on is improving your quality of life with my five dollars or whatever it is like if I don't know like to me exactly we don't know what has brought those people to that you know that point in their life but I have tried to dial it back some because like if I go to Chicago it's like a real problem it'll be like are you going to a strip club and I'm like no I just know what there's going to be a lot of homeless people and I don't want to run out oh my gosh (laughs) okay so that's one that we did together I don't have to share my other breaking the laws situations oh Um, man not that there are any (laughs) well (laughs) all right cheating 
what counts? What counts? Honestly, this is so funny. I feel like when you're just dating someone, then like everything is considered cheating. Flirting, anything is like, oh my gosh. And maybe even the first like few years of marriage is that way. But after as long as I've been married, like, you know, whatever. Like, obviously, I'm not saying like go out and mess around with someone to like go make out with people. But I don't know. I mean, I think there's a difference between disrespecting your partner and cheating. You know, like there's definitely fine line. I don't know. Like, for example, I don't think that watching porn is cheating. I know a lot of people do, but I don't think it is. But what I do think is cheating is when you're on those porn sites where you interact with the people and are, you know, showing yourself while they're showing their self, while you're, if you're paying that person interactive stuff, I do consider that cheating. And I know a lot of people will disagree with me with that, but. Yeah. Well, and that's where what I was going to say is that my definition is probably unique in that I think it varies from relationship to relationship. To me, cheating is however you as a couple define cheating. And so for, for some couples, you know, it's very specific things. But to me, it's like whatever as a couple you agree upon and just... I don't know, like just that honesty to me, that would be, yeah, if I no, absolutely. Like I have to like hide it, lie about it, sneak around, I would feel like I'm cheating. I don't know. Like you said, I think it just depends on the couple. I mean, everybody's opinions on it are different and it just depends on your partner. All right. That is actually it for today. So thanks for listening to our podcast. We are on Instagram at boom tequila podcast. If you liked this episode, please subscribe or give us a good review because we are still so new here in the podcast space and it really does help. And we'll see you next time. Bye.